You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 069. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 69. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, beautiful. How are you? I'm good. How's your day? Good. I I am really excited to do the pod today. I know. Me too. It's been a minute. It has been a while. Yeah, we do. Sorry, guys, that we missed we missed you last week. We have had there's been a lot of shit happening in the Smith household. Yeah, lots going down. Lots going <laughs> down. It's yeah. it's a very serious suburban situation. <laughs> <laughs> suburban. <laughs> yeah. But um. So, sorry, you weren't tripping if you were like, where's our pod from last week? We didn't have one. Um, sorry, junkies. But we, we didn't needed give you some, a fix. We need some time off, too. We did. You know? We, did. we needed some time. So, um, but thank you for being back with us again. And if you're new to the show or not, you know how I always like to tell everyone. We typically jump back and forth between life topics and love topics. Today, we have a really awesome love topic that came to us from one of our listeners. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Me too. And because it can be really challenging and it is, you know, what the hell are you supposed to do when somebody you love is in a really shitty ass relationship and kind of what do you do? Like, how do you support them? And so we'll jump into that. But we have to tell you guys, (laughs) One of the reasons why we've been so stressed out and like running around like chickens with our heads cut off is because of the show that we're in. Julius Caesar. Yeah. Yes. And she has epilepsy, you know, and so Mr. Smith's <laughs> always like, Julius Caesar. Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we were laughing so hard. We've been having a good time, it you know. Been. Yeah. No, it's been a blast. It's just, uh, it's time consuming and it's energy draining. Yeah. It requires a lot of focus and energy. Yeah. And and it also requires backstory. Yes. <laughs> you definitely have to have backstory. So you feel it when you're on stage. So let me tell you just, okay, so for those of you who don't know anything about like the acting process or anything like that, oftentimes when you're given a script or really any piece that you're going to deliver, you'll go into kind of your own creative process and imagination and create a story for that particular character. And a lot of times you'll look at how they grew up. What's their age? What are they passionate about? What's their big life ambition? What's their and go, connection to the other characters? Right. What's their relationship? to? I mean, you can go as far as like, where did you buy the clothes that you have on sure. at that moment? Yeah. You know, like what's your connection to your attire? Um, so we've been taught in this particular show. We have the entire cast. There's a cast of like 50. I'm, it's yeah, no, so it's huge cast. Big. And There's a lot of crowd scenes and, you know, yeah. Yeah, big cast. big cast. And so we, a lot of the characters have developed to these really rich backstories. And <laughs> <laughs> and so Mr. Smith last night, like, we're always, we're always pretty loopy because we get out of the theater, like, 
I mean, lately for all our, we finally opened last night, but for all of our dress rehearsals and stuff, we weren't getting out till like 11, 12, midnight. And so we're really loopy and silly. So Mr. Smith last night, I was talking about backstory about something and you were like, baby got back story. Story. (laughs) (laughs) It struck us funny. Hopefully it strikes you too. So now every time we were bringing up backstory today, I'm thinking, oh, Baby, Baby got, got back. back? Story? Story? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, fun with acting. It, it is. It's fun. But it's been really fun for me to have you be a part of this world and yeah. you to you <clears throat> taking it as seriously as you take it. I really appreciate that. Well, I try to do that in anything I do in my life. Right. Yeah. I'm like, why not? Like, yeah. that's kind of one of my own personal mantras, too. It's like, whatever you do, do it with excellence. Take it serial. Take it, Cyril. <laughs> um, but before we jump in, guys, I do want to make you all aware. I've told you all before about this exciting event. It's my very first live event, and I'm so excited Ooh. to do it. It's going to be in January 2015. It's a cruise. Oh, that's right. The cruise. cruise ship with three uh, three of us that are going to be leading it. Two other badass life coaches that you might know, Kara Sabin and Andrea Owen, uh, who is my best friend. And we're doing a big personal growth epic adventure on a state-of-the-art cruise ship. And um, yeah, you can find everything you want to know about it and probably stuff you don't want to know about it on uh, tripletcruise.com. Triple spelled out, tcruise.com. And uh, the reason I wanted to let you know is we're closing registration officially on the 11th. So you have through the 10th, October 10th, to sign up for it. We have three different cabin options um, that you can choose from and that are di- various prices and so you can decide how luxurious you want your trip to be. And it's a write-off. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it is. You can and this, We're not giving official tax advice. Yeah. <laughs> Notice. <laughs> Disclaimer. Ask your accountant. Hashtag ask your accountant. Hashtag ask your accountant. <laughs> um, but yeah, write it off, y'all. But yeah, we're so excited. We've got 17 people who are coming with us. Um, and then there's three of us, so we're going to have, we're just going to have such a blast. We're already planning our scavenger hunts and all sorts of stuff we're going to do. So if you want to hear more about it again, go to triple T cruise.com and, um, join us. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so much fun. So let's talk about what the hell do you do when somebody who you really love, maybe it's a sibling or your best friend, they are in a shitty, shitty relationship. Mm. So I want to read you, I want to just tell you, here's what my, one of the listeners said. She said, I would love to know how can I support someone who is in what I feel is a very toxic relationship, very manipulative and controlling, yet they do not quite see it as being all that bad. So what can I do from my situation as an outsider looking in to support her without interfering too much? That's a good one. That is a good one. You've had a situation like this. I have. Yeah. I've actually had two. I've had I've had two situations where it was my my very best friend and not Andrea who I just <laughs> mentioned. Uh, it wasn't Andrea. This is quite a, quite a while ago, quite a few years ago. And both of these best friends of mine were involved in relationships that from my perspective were were really negative and really toxic. And both individuals didn't see it, really. Mm -hmm. And I kind of learned from going through one 
you know, how I wanted to approach the second time it happened to me, how I wanted to behave. So I kind of wanted to share with you guys what I learned through that process because I think it could be really helpful for you. Um, so here's the, you know, and you guys will hear me talk about this pretty much ad nauseum all the time in almost any situation, especially when you find yourself dealing with other people and how do I, how do I know what my involvement should be? How do I know what I should say or what I shouldn't say? I really look at what do I need to give voice to in order to be at peace. So the first situation that I had was really bad, was really awful. And it it ended with um, the friendship kind of terminating because both of us in order for, and we, we don't wish I mean, we're, we're still amiable and things like that. I know I don't hold any resentment to her at all. And I hope she doesn't to me either. Um, but we were in a situation where she did not see it at all. And so in order for us to continue to be best friends, it really would have had to be a major sacrifice for her Mm, and her relationship. And the same for me, I felt like it would really be a severe compromise to my character to continue to support her. So for, for us, that situation was one in which the relationship kind of fizzled away because the other things that the two of us needed in our life were more important than the friendship, unfortunately. Um, so sometimes there is collateral damage. You know, sometimes sure. it is I need to choose me and how I feel ethically and responsibly compared to that relationship. So going through that really enabled me to see how I wanted to progress in the second friendship, which it did not end. Um And in that situation, I really, I told her, I said, I think it's one of the shittiest things that you can do if a friend or a family member is involved in a relationship and then it ends and you say something like, yeah, they always seemed really manipulative or yeah, "Yeah, I never really liked how he talked to you. I really wanted to say something, but. Exactly. I never, I never really liked him. Oh, Oh, well, good news. Information that could have been brought to me (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I always felt like I don't want to be that person. You know, I don't want to be the friend who never quite says how I feel about your situation. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing to ask yourself is, is there something that you need to give voice to? Is there something that's eating you away that you're going Ah, I just don't feel right about this or seems like she is really awful to him or he is really awful to her or um, man that interaction that they had at the family picnic really I thought was in poor taste or how he refers to her or if there's anything that just intuitively is an alarm to you notice it and do you need to give voice to it in order for you to be at peace now what I need to disclaim here is that it's not about giving voice to make them be different. That's the deal always when we're dealing with other people is we have no control at all. They get choice, yeah. Exactly. It's their choice if they're going to heed your warning, if they're going to listen to you, if they're going to receive it. That's not your responsibility. It's your responsibility to look at, do I need to give voice to something to feel peaceful about my role as a friendship or a sibling or whatever it is. Yeah. The second thing is, 
gear up and start to and formulate a way to actually tell them what you see and how you feel and come from a place of love. So, for instance, if you're at the family picnic and, you know, let's say your sister and her husband get in this horrible, acrimonious fight in front of everybody and she's crying and turning to you, now is not the time necessarily to be like, and maybe it is, who knows, I don't know. But that might not be the time to be like, you need to leave, he is a dick, he's, you know, you need to get out of it, you know, and I've always felt that way, I've always felt like he's horrible to you. That might not be the best time to to go off about your feelings when there's so much heightened activity and events, you know? If I may add, yeah. I, I feel like those situations are the time when you have to manage uh, being a friend and a support system and also being honest. Yeah. You know, you can't come out and just spew everything. I know that happens where you just take your friend's side and go, yeah, you're right. Uh. But there's also the other side of the story. So make sure that you're trying to manage those two pieces in my that's opinion. a great point because very real realistically in a situation like that it's a totally artificial scenario but sure um in a situation like that your emotions are heightened because you're combative and defensive for sure. your sibling or best friend or whoever it is mm-hmm. and you don't want to see them suffering. So you, in those moments, you can feed off of each other's energy and be like, yeah, fuck him, he's off. Yeah. And then you're not, you're not, you're speaking out of emotion and not necessarily out of exactly what you think is the healthiest option for you. Sure. So my whole point in saying, you know, come from a place of love and tell them what you see and feel is to really have a great conversation and I talk about this a lot in relationships whenever you want something rectified with your spouse it's best handled when you can have a rational sit down conversation with them and just very lovingly when there's no emotional charge from an argument or anything like that where you can lovingly sit down and say hey you know there's something I've been really wanting to run by you mm-hmm. and and I hope you can just um, give me some space to just really hear what I'm saying. And I really want to hear your thoughts, but I just want you to know that I love you so much and so dearly. And I want nothing but just radical happiness for you. And I know I wouldn't feel at peace if I didn't share with you what I'm seeing. And I really, really hope that you'll hear me out. You, you know what uh, has worked for me in the past is asking asking questions and asking permission. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is ask questions like, how did you feel about, you know, her saying uh, that at the family picnic to you? Mm -hmm. Get where they're at, right? And then ask permission, like you said. I really, you know, just, would you mind hearing me out here? Like, Mm -hmm. I I just, I would be a lot more at peace if I got this off my chest. Do you wanna hear my side? You know, and right. I, I think that opens up the gate a little bit more and drops the defenses. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> yeah, totally. I love that. And yeah, especially if you come from a place of, I I really do value right. your opinion that be on the this. Process, for sure. Yeah. And that I love you. Mm. And, and I also think if you can put it on you in this way by saying, I, I don't think it's fair to you for me to have these emotions about yeah, stuff that's going that's on point. and not tell you. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't want to be that type of a sister. I don't want to be that type of a friend. 
I feel like I owe it to you to tell, you know, if you can kind of take it on in that way yeah. and just say, I, I know I won't feel peaceful unless I share with you what I'm seeing. Absolutely. And it's because I love you. Now, that being said, that's what you're responsible for. Your kindness, your articulation, your compassion, your curiosity about their experience, your, you know, requesting permission to speak. That's your responsibility. They could shut you down right then. Right. You know, and then we'll, we'll kind of go into that too. <clears throat> but just know that that's all you can do. That is all you can do. It's, you know, it's anytime you're addressing stuff with somebody else, I always liken it to, um, an addict if an addict doesn't fucking want help yeah. it does you cannot love them into recovery yeah you can't love someone enough <laughs> that they get better period so you know we talked about that dealing with an addict in the family mm -hmm. when we did that episode yeah. and it doesn't matter how much you want them out of a toxic relationship they have to want it yeah so at some point you have to start relinquishing your grip on the future you see for them. I need to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, because it's not your call. It's not your call. You can be an influence and you can say your piece, but it's up to them. And that's the exactly day. what I did in that, in that second scenario with that friend of mine. I said, Hey, listen, I, I love you so much and I see the woman that you are in this relationship and how much you give. And I know that if you guys were to end, I don't want to be that friend who says, oh yeah, I never really liked him. I always felt like it wasn't quite right. I don't want to be that friend to you. I didn't want to say anything, but so yeah. I, if you'll, if you're up for it, I would really love to tell you how I feel. And, and I said, um, and if you give me that space and you choose to do other things and don't ask my opinion in the future, I will not bring it up again. Mm, that's good. I, I will not bring it up again because I will respect your choices, but I really feel something intuitively about this. And, and I, again, I feel like I owe it to you as a friend. Right. And so I kind of said, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'm not going to keep saying, God, he's such a dick and God, he's, you know, but I will establish boundaries and I'll say, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. You know, um, which actually leads me to my third point, mm, which is my nice segue. I know <laughs> seamless here at enjoy junkie studios, uh, is, is to actually establish boundaries. And a great way that you can do this is to ask yourself, what do you need to do to take care of you as it regard as it pertains to this situation? I'll give you a couple of examples. One could be what I just said, which is, um, to say, if you if you're going through a lot of shit, um, maybe we can have an agreement where if you need to vent to me about it, I I'm going to share with you my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, can we have some sort of agreement about that? Or sometimes it might be like if you if you're not going to take any action towards resolution, whether it's talking to him or her or seeking marital advice, therapy. If you're not going to take any action to rectifying this, I no longer want to converse with you about it. Mm. it that's hard. Yeah. And that usually, and because then we go, I'm not supportive, I'm not this. But you have to realize that your support 
often will come at a radical cost to you. So again, we can take this as severe as an addict. You can spin your wheels with an addict in your home, feeling like you need to give them money, feeling like you need to always pick them up because what are, if you don't go pick them up, what are they going to do? And you make it your problem. Right. It's a cost to your life. It is the same with somebody who is addicted to a toxic relationship and is turning to you to vent and release. At some point, you have to decide, is this in my best interest to carry this burden for somebody who will not take action? Boy, that's that's a tough one, even with family. Yeah, no, none of this. None of it's easy. It's fucking yeah. easy. And that's sure. what I say all the time is, it, this is why I do what I do. If mm-hmm. everybody had this all this shit on lockdown, you wouldn't need to listen to this. Yeah, you wouldn't. Need if you knew this how work. to speak your truth, if you knew how to like address boundaries, if you knew how to like deal with, you know, I would have nothing to do all day. <laughs> <laughs> so know that you're you're not alone, and that's why I say it's good to give yourself that space to formulate your time and go. Okay, I I need to talk to this person and say, hey. Can we have a conversation? There's mm-hmm. some stuff I really want to run by you that I because I love you. When can we talk? If they avoid and avoid and avoid and never, you know, then you write them a letter. Then you do whatever you got to do. That's why I'm always pointing you guys back to you, your responsibility for you, and furthermore, your peace, your uh, peace of mind, your tra- tranquility is your responsibility. So if you're carrying somebody else's burden over and over and over again and they refuse to take responsibility for it that is on you it's your responsibility to create some boundaries what that looks like i don't know right it could be um really limiting your time that you're around that person um it can be a throwdown it could be an ultimatum i don't know i don't know what your situation is um if it's somebody who's living with you it might be something about terminating the living situation like i cannot stand to be around you and your spouse arguing all the time or um i don't want my children around you and your husband arguing all the time or whatever um so after you've really spoken your truth and decided what you need to say, then you have to look at if nothing changes, what are the boundaries that I need to establish? Let's just let's just say they are never going to do anything about this. They are only going to complain. They are only going to stay in victimhood. They're never going to take action. Now what? Now what do you need to do to take care of you? Yeah. I know for me, I have to watch my colluding. Because if somebody keeps coming to me with the same issue and they're oh, not yeah. taking action and I love them so much, I get caught up and I'm like, yeah, fuck them, fuck them. And then I'm worked up and I'm <laughs> filled with anger and bitterness and I don't like vibing at that level of frequency. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to feel that way. So I have to really watch getting sucked in. That's a good way to check in with yourself too is you know feeling your vibration. Like where are you at and is that congruent with who you want to be in this situation. Yeah. That's good. And, you know, and mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, it's really, <laughs> it's not easy, man. It's not <laughs> like, and, and I'm not, I'm never, when it comes to personal growth, when it comes to growth in anything, really education, getting physically fit, spiritually fit, it's not easy. It's actually something you have to work for. Yeah. Do you ever see anyone who gets an amazing physical shape and and it was just a pill they took? No. No. 
So it's never going to be like, oh, Amy, just answer my question and it'll be like a perfect scenario. Don't let those uh, magazine articles fool you. Oh, my God. Yeah. and But that's just marketing. That's yeah, just yeah, marketing. Absolutely. So, okay. Then fourth, fourth and final thing is, it's just really a concept to know that ultimately it is not your choice. It is their choice. It is not your responsibility. Um, if they decide, even with you giving voice, even with you sharing from your heart and from a place of kindness, repeatedly, even with you establishing boundaries or needing to end the friendship because of their toxic relationship, that is not yours to bear, okay? That is their choice, regardless how much guilt they put on you. Because oftentimes that will be the response. And this is something to be really wary of is if somebody feels like you've had to put some some boundaries up, like, I'm so sorry, but if you're going to continue to speak like that, I'm going to need to get off the phone. Or it's Mm. not, it's really not healthy for me to spin my wheels um, getting really angry at your partner with you. You know, I've told you how I feel about things and I know you don't want to hear it. And um, so that leaves me in a somewhat of a sticky position. So I'm just going to take care of me. And, you know, so sometimes you have to really take a stand and they might come at you like you don't support me. You don't love me. You know, they might guilt trip the fuck out of you. And I've said this before. That's like somebody having a giant pile of shit and passing it over to you and you (laughs) choose to carry it. And I always think I always think metaphorically of handing it back and saying, oh, no, I'm currently not accepting any piles of shit at the moment. (laughs) I have enough of my own piles. I have enough (laughs) piles of my own shit. I will not take on yours. And that is always what is happening or almost always what is happening when people project guilt on you. They are usually taking one of their issues and making it your fault. So know that. Like, know that that might very well come at you, but know that you don't have to carry that. That is a choice. But we're not conditioned to respond that way. Mm-hmm. We're conditioned to cater to guilt. Yeah. We're conditioned to acquiesce to guilt. We're not conditioned to go, wait a minute, is that something that I'm genuinely responsible for? Or is that actually them being upset that I'm not doing things their way? So you kind of have to step back and it's okay if there's a pang there and if you're kind of going like, ouch, that kind of hurt or that's okay. It probably will never get to a point where it doesn't sting a little bit, but it's about making the choice that serves you, that is the most powerful for you, okay? Um, So really, truly knowing that, that ultimately it is not your choice. It is up to them if they are going to stay in this relationship. And, you know, as far as boundaries go, it's really up to you to decide what does healthy support look like for them and me. Yeah. That might be the question to ask yourself when it comes to how much do I cut them off or how much do I still stay involved or engaged, you know? The question that comes up for me is, um, okay, when do I say something? Like, do I say it as soon as I feel it, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, or do I like, well, let's see how this progresses mm-hmm. and wait for a further opportunity or another incident to happen where this person is 
being treated inappropriately or whatever, you know, like where do you jump in? Yeah, that's, that's great. There, that, there's actually two things I think that are indicators. I think there's one is your intuition. Like, and that was very much my case with my first scenario. Mm -hmm. It was all me because she thought everything was sunshine and rainbows. And it was my intuition that I kept going, that does not sound right. That was rude. And she just brushed it off and thought it was funny and Mm -hmm. hilarious and thought that's just how he was and didn't seem to take it seriously. And I just kind of was like, how on earth could you not see that? It's interesting how one person's demeaning is another person's uh, joke. And, And so for me, it wasn't funny. It wasn't okay. It wasn't acceptable. And so in that scenario, it was my intuition that was the indicator that something needed to be said. In the second scenario, it was them giving voice to their grievances. Gotcha. It was her coming to me saying, am I being crazy? Mm. Is, is this, is this okay that he said, is this manipulative? I'm spinning around in my mind. So, so there's two things that come up. So I think what you're talking about. It's, it's so much easier, obviously, when they come to you. Yeah, yeah. Because then, then you, you kind of have that bridge yeah, of, yeah, yeah. well, let me tell you how I see it. And it's not you bringing it up, yeah. The intuition is harder because we've talked about this before. Oftentimes, we override intuition all the time. We go, well, let me just see how it goes. Exactly. That's where I think I'm kind of like finding my issue. And, and, and that can be... I still work with my intuition constantly and learn it's it really is a sixth sense Absolutely. that we have to learn to pay attention to. For sure. So it's almost like if you were to smell something really acrid and nasty, you don't just wait for it to go away. You like address it. You're like, I smell something nasty. Or if there's too much <laughs> loudness happening in your ears, like you you get away from that loud noise. You're right. like, you listen to your senses. Your intuition is the sixth sense, one. Yeah. It's one that you have to start listening to. And it it talks to you usually in your gut, usually in your abdomen. Like you get like a pang in your heart, something drops. Um you usually feel something physically and then immediately your brain goes, ah, it's not that big of a deal. It tries to override that sensation. Right. So that's for you to start honing. But again, in those scenarios that where let's say your intuition spoke up to you and was like, oh, that, that seemed like a little bit of a red flag. Ask yourself, if worst case scenario happened tonight, like, let's say he beat the shit out of her. She fucking pulls a weapon on him tonight. <laughs> you know, like worst, worst case scenario. Will you be at peace with silencing that intuitive hit? That's all. That's about you, dude. It's always about what do you need to give voice to to feel at peace, whether or not it falls on deaf ears. Bam. That one hit me in the gut. Did it? <laughs> I love it. Wow. Um, so cool, but thank you for bringing that up because that is like when. Yeah. And yeah, I know those are two great uh, times to know Yeah. when to. And why know, not? What are you it. waiting for? Right. Because if you're waiting, 
most most likely I would guess that you're operating from a place of fear what if they think I don't support them what yeah, if they yeah. think I don't love them mm-hmm. they're gonna get the wrong perception you're not responsible for how you're perceived you're responsible for your intent if you are coming from an intention of love and caring you should not be worried about being motivated by fear I think the other thing from the person in the relationships perspective is if they don't see it or if they're unclear that it's a problem but the you know the person standing outside does what's the person's angle why are they saying this what's their incentive to say something to me if it feels unsupportive uh yeah you know what i mean like they just don't want to see me happy or um they want me to date this guy instead or you know whatever it might be like you have to think of what where they're coming from too right you know and what you know and there might be a history of that like you you know everybody's relationship is different maybe it's your sister and you're you've always been mother hen and like she's your younger sister and you're always trying to tell her what to do and so she's already defensive about that so again that's where your the package that you wrap this information in is extremely important right you can deliver the information like what is wrong with you you, why don't you see this? That package is ugly and mean and rude. What if you wrapped it in a package and, and enveloped walls. in love and kindness and gosh, I just, I love you so much and I want, I want your happiness. And yeah. that's, yeah. that's all you can do is make sure the package is wrapped nice. That's all you can do. <laughs> As we used to say, Oreo cookie. <laughs> Ew, no, that's like corporate feedback. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so hopefully that was helpful, you guys. Um, good old love topic number 69. 69, baby, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> overrated. <laughs> yeah, 69 is overrated, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So thank you so much for listening. And again, this was actually a submission from a listener. So if you cruise by thejoyjunkie.com, you can pick up a ton of awesome freebies while you're there. Um, but you can also swing by the podcast page and let us hear from you what you want talked about. We love getting that because there's all sorts of stuff topic wise that I would never have thought of. And I love hearing what you guys want to hear about. Oh, and if, while you're there too, if you can leave us a review on iTunes, man, you guys, thank you so much to yeah, those who those have. Awesome. It helps Great. us so much. And it's also really rewarding for us to know that people are listening yeah. and out there and, and that they're, they're reaping some benefits. Absolutely. So. And we take constructive criticism well. Well, I do. <laughs> silence. I'm <laughs> all silent. She gave me the look. <laughs> I don't love it, but I'll deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Again, if your package is wrapped in kindness. There you go. Yep. If it's not, peace out. I have no use for it. (laughs) I'm not accepting any piles of shit. Unfriend. (laughs) Ignore. (laughs) Um, And again, cruise by triple T cruise.com. If you want to come hang out with us in the new year and just kind of really recraft and recreate who you want to be in this world, we'd be so happy to have you with us. And that's triple letter T. Yep. Dot com. Versus the number T. No, I'm just saying you can say T-E-E. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. It's also Triplet Cruise. Triplet. Triplet Cruise. Dot com. Oh, yeah. It wasn't my call. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. And here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out. Mm -hmm.